Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What in the world is Israel doing? That is the question that many of us are asking as we watch the past few days of non-activity when it comes to the prosecution of the war against Hamas in Gaza and when it comes to the exchange, the beautiful yet simultaneously tragic exchange of the innocent civilians taken hostage in Gaza for hundreds of convicted Palestinian Arab terrorists in Israel. The war has not been going on. It's been a lull since the weekend. Seemingly each time we get towards the end of an agreed-upon hostage for terrorist swap, Hamas then offers to prolong it. Israel, it seems, cannot help itself but to take the bait. These videos of the hostages reunited really are something. The four-year-old American citizen, Abigail Edan, has been released. She has been reunited to an extent. Most of her family was murdered by Hamas on October 7th, but she's been reunited with her family members who have survived. Many others have been reunited as well with their siblings, loved ones. It's difficult to describe the mix of emotions that I think many of us are experiencing as we watch what is going on here. These are innocent civilians wantonly taken hostage by a jihadist organization in violation of all all norms of anything remotely smacking of decency and morality in violation of anything remotely resembling international law. It's disgusting stuff. There was this interview that went viral on social media between Elon Levy, a spokesman for the current Israeli government. He was on, I believe it was British television, and they asked him, you know, does Israel value human life? as much as the Palestinian Arabs do because they're giving up a three-to-one ratio of 150 convicted terrorists for 50 hostages? The, The implication there is, does that mean that one Israeli or other hostage is worth three Arabs? It's not a one to one Obtuse question. Indescribably obtuse. Elon Levy's eyebrow raise went viral, became this image all over social media. Hamas does what it does. It takes these people hostage because it knows that the Israeli people love life. I'm Israel Chai. The people of Israel live. To paraphrase the Golda Meir quote from the 1970s, 
She said, there will be peace when the Arabs love their sons as much as they hate our sons. There is a culture of life and a culture of death. The moral dichotomy is as stark as one could possibly imagine. So, yes, it is difficult to begrudge the Netanyahu government, the Israeli government, for doing these deals. At the outset of the conflict, the government set out multiple goals. In no particular order, the top two being the complete and utter eradication of Hamas from the Gaza Strip and the return of the hostages, of which at the beginning they're estimated to be roughly 240 or so somewhere between 10 and 20 of whom we estimated were American citizens or dual citizens. Over the past week, those two enunciated goals have come into stark conflict with one another. It seems like Israel can continue stringing this out. Another day of pause, another day of ceasefire in exchange for hostages, give up more terrorists. They can keep on doing this, yes. Or they can at some point decide to resume military operations. Well, which is it going to be? Again, I do not begrudge the Israeli government's moral calculus thus far. It is a brutal, brutal decision that they are forced to make. I was watching Fox News the other night seemed like Sean Hannity and Senator Ted Cruz were of like mind on that. This is brutal stuff. No one, no one begrudges they're making these decisions. Of course, if you were the parent, the sibling, the son, grandson, whatever, of any of these hostages, of course you'd want the government to go above and beyond as it has done to retrieve these hostages from the jihadist hellhole that is Gaza. On the other hand, on the other hand, are you interested in restoring deterrence in a uniquely volatile region where the Jewish state, America's closest ally in the region by far, is surrounded by existential enemies on all sides, seemingly? Yes, increasingly in Judea and Samaria, the so-called West Bank as well, with the rise of all sorts of jihadist outfits there, such as the Lion's Den group in Janine over the past couple of years. Make no mistake about it. Let's not mince words. If Israel does not restore deterrence right now, right now, after what happened on October 7th, then it is the path towards civilizational ruin. What message does that send to Hezbollah up north, which, yes, has been escalating over the past week or two? Some of the most intense mortar and rocket fire on the northern front there in Lebanon earlier this week over the past weekend. What message does that send to Hezbollah's benefactors, the head of the snake in Tehran, the Iranian regime? That is the source 
of almost all of the evil currently afflicting the region. What message does that send to the Iran-backed Houthi rebels who recently took a cargo ship hostage in an act of 21st century modern piracy and earlier this week were stopped, thwarted by the United States Navy from doing the exact same thing to another cargo ship, this time in the Gulf of Aden near the Red Sea, and another ship that was owned by an Israeli businessman. The point being is that if you don't restore deterrence right now, then what the hell are you doing? If you are not interested in restoring deterrence, no matter the diplomatic and political cost, after the depraved, wanton slaughter of 1,400-plus of your own citizens, the equivalent of roughly 16 9-11s if it were to happen here in the United States, then what good is your government? What good, to an extent perhaps, is the country? And that obviously has been the goal of Hamas since the get-go. That is why they keep on stringing out these pauses and ceasefires. They are, at this point, begging for scraps to remain in power. And they recognize that if they survive this and if they are still in power... After this is over, Israel will have lost. They will have forfeited any chance at regaining that deterrence. As the great Carolyn Glick tweeted Tuesday morning, quote, Hamas is offering all the hostages in exchange for a full ceasefire. In other words, if Israel agrees to lose the war and accept Hamas's survival, it will give us the hostages. If Israel takes this deal, Carolyn Glick continued, quote, we will be on the fast track to national destruction. She is correct. Each and every day that this pause or ceasefire extends, yes, it is beautiful for the families that are reunited. Yes, my heart goes out to the family of all of them, including Kafir Bibis, a 10-month-old baby, for God's sake, held hostage with the family, the whole Bibis family there. We think in Khan Yunus, Hamas's stronghold in southern Gaza. That family, by the way, it was reported that they were transferred out of Hamas, out of their own custody, for lack of a better word, to a different terrorist organization there in the Strip. This is brutal, brutal stuff. And again, I am self-aware enough to readily concede that if my family were the ones currently being held hostage, I would be calling for the government to leave no stone unturned to do whatever Ever it takes to get my loved ones back. On the other hand, you have to recall that in the infamous Gilad Shalit prisoner swap, that prisoner swap from 12 years ago, 2011, where 
In exchange for one captured soldier, Israel gave up over a thousand Palestinian Arab terrorists. An outrageous deal at the time. Recall that one of those who was released from Israeli prison at that time was a man by the name of Yawa Sinwar. Who is Yawa Sinwar? He's the head of Hamas in Gaza. Hamas's actual leaders live in Doha, Qatar. Sinwar leads Hamas in Gaza. There are serious risks to this exchange. Perhaps Israel should just renege upon this deal if the deal, as Carolyn is reporting it, proves to be accurate. If Hamas is actually offering all hostages for a full ceasefire, perhaps, perhaps they should take the deal, get the hostages back, and not that Hamas can be trusted to do that, and then wait for Hamas to inevitably break the ceasefire and then just go at it again. By the way, Hamas has actually already broken the ceasefire. Literally, over the past 36 to 48 hours, they have attacked IDF troops in northern Gaza. They have openly, flagrantly violated the ceasefire. Israel is still abiding by the fiction that it exists. You probably haven't seen that reported in the mainstream media anywhere over the past few days, have you? This is really, really dangerous stuff. The threat is ultimately not Hamas. They are a threat, no doubt about it. We all saw what that threat looks like on October 7th. But the threat above all is the head of the snake that is the Iranian regime in Tehran that funds Hamas, that funds Hezbollah, that funds the Houthis, so many Shiite militias all throughout Iraq and Syria, which are essentially Iranian satrapies at this point. What happened to Israel's warrior spirit? The tales of the military heroes of decades ago, folks like Ariel Sharon, in the Six-Day War. Israel had a real badass reputation for a long time. The country of Krav Maga, of the Uzi, of the Tavor, that took out the Osirak nuclear reactor in, in Iraq, the Stuxnet virus when it comes to Iran, the miraculous Mossad operation that Bibi Netanyahu shared to the world in 2018 where literal trucks got out of Iran with Iran's nuclear secrets going back decades. What happened to that? What happened to the country that had that warrior spirit, that ethos that could pull off operations like that? Because right now, in letting Hamas dictate the terms of what is going on and stringing this thing out, yes, amazing that hostages are being returned, of course. But Israel looks unbelievably weak. The international community, the Europeans... The Biden administration, Justin Trudeau, all the usual actors, the United Nations, they are, of course, cheering this on. And it's not because they don't want war. No one wants war. It's because they do not want to see Israel's deterrence restored. Because they all support the grand Obama-era attempt at a regional realignment that would empower the Iranian regime and the Muslim Brotherhood at the expense of Israel and America's traditional Sunni Arab allies, the Saudis, Emiratis, Egyptians, and so forth. That is why they support the extension of this. It's for crass ideological reasons that lead the Biden administration to not just waive sanctions on Iran 
as they've done in recent weeks, even since October 7th. But that leads them to double and triple down, as it has also done in recent weeks, the Biden administration, on the so-called two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The two-state solution, which, as it is described by most zealots, thinking here of the so-called 1967 borders, the two-state solution we can think of as the final solution. Perhaps that is what these people want. They just don't have the courage to be candid about what they actually want. In the interim, those of us who value the American-Israeli relationship, who think of Israel as a very important American ally, who want to see Israeli deterrence restored, we should be hoping, yes, for the return of all hostages from the subterranean terror tunnels deep in the bowels of Gaza. Hamas is a thuggish jihadist organization that should be sent straight to hell, hell in a handbasket. But Israel cannot be distracted from the task at hand, which was, which is, and which remains, chiefly the complete and utter eradication of Hamas in Gaza. At some point, they are going to have to resume operations. They're going to have to start revving up the engines of the tanks and the warplanes again. And they are going to have to see this thing through no matter what the cost on the diplomatic and political stage.